Another Way to Play, episode 92. It's all psychological why people don't get in front of the camera in the video, because like you said, it's like, I'm going to be judged, and what if it doesn't look right? And it doesn't, that's the thing, is nobody wants to see perfection, right? It's funny how everyone thinks that people want to see perfection, and everyone thinks that you need to be a certain way, but then everyone else is thinking the same thing as you are, so why are we all caught up in thinking something that's not even a thing? This is Raquel Boris, founder and chief excitement officer of True To You Branding. And if you want to learn more to make the next chapter of your life better than the last, then you should be listening to Another Way to Play with my good friend, Hans Struzina. Welcome to Another Way to Play, your wake-up call to finally make a difference by creating a life defined by freedom. This is about entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and industry professionals that have left the nine-to-five rat race behind by taking that personal leap from where they were to where they want to be. It's time to stop going through the motions, stop hitting the snooze button on your life, and get the insight and inspiration to make the next chapter of your life better than your last. This is Another Way to Play with your host, Hans Struzina. This is Another Way to Play. I am your host, Hans Struzina, and I believe that if you trade hours for dollars, you will never achieve true freedom in your life. Today's guest is Raquel Boris. She is the Chief Excitement Officer and Founder at True to You Branding. In this conversation, Raquel and I uh, recorded this actually in the midst of the COVID-19 shelter-in-place pandemic, and we are going to talk about a couple different things, specifically around social media and creating a platform and a brand for yourself, because that's what her company does, and that's what she is all about and what she's done for herself personally as well. She actually talks about how right before this all broke out, she went out on her own officially, um, but basically what she's doing now to keep busy, to keep uh, her business moving forward. And then also a lot of the things she did uh, along the way, because she actually built up her platform and her following while working in more of a corporate setting and then ultimately took that out on her own. So make sure you check this one out if you are thinking about trying to start a platform or put content out on social media at all. Raquel has some great tips and strategies for you on that one. And if you get value out of this episode, please consider uh, heading over to iTunes, leaving a written rating and review because it really helps me grow and helps me gain some critical feedback that I can help make the podcast an even better and more valuable experience for you as a listener. So thank you in advance for that. And without any further ado, Let's go ahead and bring in my friend, Raquel Boris. Raquel, thank you so much for being on the show today. I appreciate you coming on. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Before we get into the meat of the conversation and talk about kind of what you're doing now, let's back up and let's build a little bit of context for our audience and talk about where your journey actually began. Okay. So I got married young, pretty much straight out of college. So I was 24. I started a family at 25. So since I didn't really have a career prior to that, I was a stay-at-home mom. And uh, come at age 35, I ended up getting divorced. So I pretty much had to start from square one at age 35, being that I was stay-at-home. At the time, I was teaching uh, yoga and spin mm-hmm. classes. But you know, obviously, I needed to bring more income. So I started kind of doing the receptionist job, the hostess job, <laughs> anything I could do. And then realized that I needed to 
gain a nine to five job because of health benefits and the stability and the routine, just, you know, having kids. And so I did the whole nine to five thing. Uh, it was interesting <laughs> doing that because that's not really me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm all over the place. I'm a very creative person. Especially so, someone who started as a um, doing spin and yoga classes. I can imagine you were not the typical model of a nine to five employee. Especially since I started out as a receptionist with a builder and then worked my way up and ended up creating their customer service department. So I excelled in the sense that I've always been a very good, you know, worker and I learned quickly and I put 110% into my job. So Mm -hmm. I always tend to move up in the ladder, if you will. Mm -hmm. And so um, I kind of just did the whole nine to five thing. And then recently I just you know, had enough people reaching out to me because I was doing branding for a mortgage company. And so I was on social media a lot. I had a platform. I was getting recognized just for, you know, being on LinkedIn, for instance. And so it got to the point where I had enough people asking me, you know, would you consult and would you help? And can you be on this podcast? Can you be at this conference? Can you speak about personal branding? And so it just felt like I needed to kind of, you know, do my own thing. And, you know, it's definitely a leap of faith. It's definitely a huge risk. And unfortunately, the timing was not the best. I mean, I started my own business in January and here we are in a pandemic. Yeah, absolutely. So, talk oh about my gosh. That, like having to test, you know, your strength and your faith <sighs> and, your soul and all of that. <laughs> yeah, that's gosh. I mean, there's never a perfect time to start anything, but you know, if you were going to choose in retrospect, it probably wouldn't have been right pre-COVID pandemic. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, granted, I am lucky in the sense that my job is being on social media and doing branding. So it forces me to still be out there because that's mm-hmm. what I do. So I already had a platform. It's not like I'm someone where a lot of people now are realizing they need to get on social media because mm-hmm. that's where everybody is because everyone's mm-hmm. on their computer or everyone's, you know, scrolling through their social media platforms. So I already have that. But as far as, you know, business goes, it is difficult. So I've actually um, steered clear of trying to promote my business and trying to make money. My focus now is just trying to add value and help people and just bring positive, you know, positive message, just try to be a, you know, positive source. I'd love to laugh and make people laugh. I love to smile. So I've kind of geared my post and what I put out there more is just to kind of make people smile and just be a positive influence, if you will, as opposed to just trying to survive. (laughs) So I've got a ton of questions for you relating to, to building a platform and putting content out. Yeah. But I'd like to just back up a little bit in your story before we get there, because you were working for a builder, you were working for a mortgage company, and all that whole time, you were putting out content and creating a a platform and social and and all of that stuff. Like, how did that work together? Because a typical nine to five engagement, you wouldn't think is sort of entrepreneurial in the way that people put content out and build a platform for themselves. Um, but how did that work for you? And can you walk us through that? Because I imagine there's a lot of people listening to this like, hey, wait a second, how could I build that for myself? Right. And that's essentially what I talk about because that's what happened to me. But it was an organic journey. It was very natural the way it happened, which is great, right? So it was never intentional from the start. So when I was with the builder, um, I had gone off of Facebook 
through my, when I got divorced, because I just didn't really want people in my business. Instagram was yet a popular platform. I had just started, but it wasn't anything like it is now. And for whatever reason, I decided to get on LinkedIn because here I was just starting out in the corporate world. So I thought it made sense to kind of be on a platform with other colleagues and business folks. And uh, so I got on LinkedIn and I also wanted to, you know, be taken seriously. I wanted a mm -hmm. platform that was, it wasn't like a Facebook, right? So I got on there and I just started studying LinkedIn when people mm -hmm. were like, studied, I was like, no, I legit studied the platform. Like I would scroll through and I would try to see why people like certain posts or what would people comment and, you know, what is this all about? Because obviously in the beginning of everyone said it's, it's for recruiting, it's for your resume, mm -hmm. right? Yep. And that's how it was essentially from the start. But yeah, I just kind of started realizing what people like to see. It was interesting how I would put content out there that was really generic like mm -hmm. maybe an article or I'd share somebody's something. And it's the first time I actually ever put a picture of myself on there, like at an event, my engagement went up and I thought, mm -hmm. okay, I guess people really do want to see you. Right. So then I started putting more pictures of myself and it wasn't when I say myself, it's not like, you know, me taking a selfie and, you know, Facebook, Instagram, like you can get away with that, but LinkedIn right. is different. So if I went to an event, I would take a picture with people I would tag them. I would always uh, promote the event that I was at. And, you know, with a builder, I was going to a lot of big events that with other builders and so forth. And I just started noticing that people love that. People love when you promote other people. And so what mm -hmm. happened was, is I slowly kind of became this person that everyone knew that if I went to an event, I always took pictures because I love taking pictures. I love that. Like for me, it's always really fun. So I'm the person at an event where I'm, I annoyed the, heck out of people where I'm like, all right, let's take a picture. Come on, let's go do this now. And everyone gets so annoyed. But then later they're so thankful that I made them do that because then when I do a post and they're in it and I tag them on it and then they see that they get engagement and they kind of get, you know, kind of um, some publicity, if you will, they love it. And so I was getting invited to events because of that. That's wow. the funny part <laughs> is that when I went from the builder to the mortgage company, I was doing a lot of multicultural lending, being that my mm -hmm. mom's Mexican, I speak fluent Spanish. So being Latina, I was doing a lot in the Hispanic community and it was the same thing. I would go to events, I would promote the event, I'd promote the association, the people. And so then more and more people caught on with that. And so it was really funny how many people would reach out to me just to invite me to their events because it was free publicity. <laughs> But that's essentially kind of how I was able to get, you know, gain that traction, you know, on the platform. And then I just slowly started, um, you know, just getting more comfortable with it. And then I started doing video. And then, you know, our mortgage company, we, a big group of us went to a different uh, company. And that's when they asked me to be their brand ambassador because they wanted to use my platform, my connections, my visibility to promote their brand. So then naturally it forced me to get in front of, you know, the camera and on social media even more because I was getting paid for it. And then I naturally realized how important it was that your personal brand or your personality has to also coincide with your business because LinkedIn mm -hmm. was starting to shift. Right. It wasn't so business anymore. Well, one of the things that I want to point out here that I think is so cool is you started out going to these events, taking pictures and sort of promoting the event or promoting the people you were meeting mm -hmm. and just giving other people a platform basically. And that is one of the best ways to start in my opinion, because it's easy and you gain the credibility of those other people. And then yeah. that can sort of segue 
for you. So whether you're a photo bomber and you want to get into everyone's photos or you want to, you're a writer and you really enjoy ghostwriting or, you know, being a, a guest writer on a blog or whatever, like however you can create something to put out there that suits your strengths is the way to start. And for you, that was obviously just being sort of social in a business setting and marrying that on that platform of LinkedIn. And then that evolved into video and some of the other stuff that you're doing. Yeah, it was just, it was really cool because I love people and I love networking and I love building relationships. So it was really nice that I started realizing what my strengths were. And then I started really promoting those strengths because I really didn't know what they were when I first started working. And then slowly, as I figured it out, I was like, all right, well, then I need to capitalize on those strengths, right? Not on the weaknesses, on the strengths. Right. So that's an interesting question because there's definitely two schools of thought and maybe there's more, but there's always the people who say you need to work on your weaknesses and make them strengths, right? Or there's the people who are like, no, just do what you're good at and outsource the rest or some version of that. Right. And it sounds like you maybe are in the, the latter as opposed to the former, but can you elaborate on that for us just a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I don't think about it too much in the sense of like, oh, what am I not good at? And let me go ahead and better myself in that sense. But I do know what I am good at. So I figure I know what I'm good at. I enjoy it. So why not continue to do that? Why am I going to work on something that I'm miserable at and I just don't enjoy it? Like, that's just how I am. I I found out the other day I did um, a human design workshop. And I don't know if you believe in all of that stuff, but I do. And like, you know, and so it turns out that I'm a manifesting generator. So Uh we're like energizer bunnies. We're the sparks out of all the, I think there's five energies. We're like the superheroes in the sense that we just have that energy, right? And so they were saying that with the manifesting generator, we're the type of people where we have to ignite a flame. And if, if that flame, we feel like it's suddenly the spark is out, we have to move on because that's how we are fed by that flame. And, th- and it, it answered so many questions because I thought I was someone that didn't complete a task because I knew I was never lazy. Like I'm not that person. I'm very responsible, but for whatever reason, I wasn't able to complete a lot of things. And now I realize the reason why I wasn't able to do that is because the spark went out. And if I don't have that in me, then I just don't know how to motivate or it, it just doesn't do anything for me. So that's why for me personally, I need to just, you know, focus on the strengths because if I focus on the weakness, then it, it pretty much just kind of drowns me, if you will. Like, it, yeah. It just, yeah, it's heavy. <laughs> and that's such a good point. Uh, and that's one that actually comes up in various forms a lot on this show, which is people who are very successful at whatever it is they're doing know something very key about themselves, which in this case, it happens to be what you're just describing. Right. Um, but knowing who you are, what you're good at, what you're not, what you like, what you dislike, where your strengths, where your weaknesses are, um, that is a huge thing that comes up over and over and over again on this show with people. So being able to identify that for yourself and then um, put it into form and then ultimately into action is what I think separates a lot of the very successful people from everybody else. There's one other thing that you said just a few minutes ago that I want to touch on before we move on, which um, you said, like, as you started to put content out and as you started to post these photos and do all this stuff, you started to find your voice. And eventually that sort of snowballed in, and I'm paraphrasing, I suppose, but snowballed into uh, other things. And then you found other platforms and other ways to create content. Can you talk about that process? Uh, Because... I encounter this a lot in my real estate office. I meet especially some of the older agents who 
are scared of social media or scared of getting on video. Um, and that's literally how they put it is that they're scared because they suck or they think that people are going to laugh at them or whatever. But I've found, and I think anyone else who puts content out there, the only way to, to get good is to start and to suck for a little or quote unquote suck for a little yeah. while because yeah. you probably don't suck as bad as you think you do for one. But <laughs> I'd love to hear your input on that. Um, yeah. So uh, it's funny because I just had posted a compilation of my very first video with a bunch of other videos because I've done so many more in one up until like my most recent, because I wanted to show people like, Hey, well, you're going to start out. You're going to suck at first, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I had a colleague of mine who she's the one that told me, she's like, just do a video. So my first video was January, 2018, super awkward. Uh, the way the angle of the, uh, of my phone, just how I was speaking, it was just so fake. <laughs> like now that I look back, it just makes me cringe. But at the same time, like I didn't know better. So, I mean, that was just me getting out in front of the camera. And then naturally as it progressed and I would see the videos, I'm like, okay, that did, that's just not me. So now when I actually do videos, even though people think that I'm such a natural and it's a one taker, no, there's plenty of times where a lot of times I take like 20 takes before I actually post a video. Yeah. And most of my videos, well, not most of them, all of them are on my phone, but most of them are me kind of just in my natural habitat. Like for instance, a lot of times I don't have makeup on. I might have a baseball cap. I'm in my condo. I've done it, you know, working at a Wegmans cafe at the grocery store because I'm the type of person where if I feel like I have something to say or something comes to me, I get it on the video and I put it out there in that moment. I know I'm very unorthodox when it comes to putting out content. For instance, you know, people do sweet and they have their content, you know, scheduled out that's not how I function. Like I'm mm -hmm. the type of person where I did a video three weeks ago when all of this was starting to go down. I did a video at 1245 in the morning. I couldn't sleep. I was having a mini panic and anxiety attack. And I, the only thing that I felt in that moment was to get on camera and to talk about it. And I did. And I posted it to my LinkedIn at 1245 in the morning. Wow. Like I wasn't going to wait till the next day. I wanted it to be for me. It's real time. And I still got thousands of views. It was amazing how many people were awake. First of all, I mean, it's global. So there's people right. from all over the world. But, you know, California, you guys, it's 945 at night. So it's like a lot of you guys are so yeah, yeah, yeah. It's amazing how many people right away were like commenting and liking and viewing the post. But you just have to start somewhere. Yeah. I think... What happens is it's all psychological why people don't get in front of the camera in the video. Because like you said, it's like, I'm going to be judged. And what if it doesn't look right? And it doesn't, that's the thing is nobody wants to see perfection. Yeah. Right. It's funny how everyone thinks that people want to see perfection and everyone thinks that you need to be a certain way, but then everyone else is thinking the same thing as you are. So why are we all caught up in thinking something that's not even a thing? <laughs> if that makes sense. Like, Everyone says the same thing, like, oh, I don't like to see people vulnerable. I like to see when they mess up. I like to see that they're real, but yet they themselves think that they need to be perfect and, you know, everything, the video production and so forth. Yeah. And so I think it's funny that people still you, think that way. You know, it's really interesting because I actually, just last night actually was watching a video um, of someone on YouTube that I follow and he was breaking down all of Ty Lopez's ads that he had on YouTube uh, out that were current. I think he had seven or eight ads and he spent several hours breaking down these like three to five to seven minute ads. You know, the one where he's in front of the Lamborghini and he's got the bookshelf in the background. He's got all these different ones. And he's like, why are they so dang effective? And he broke it down into all these 
categories. And the first one he said was the production quality. He pretty much always shoots on his phone and it's always handheld. Sometimes he has someone else holding it, but oftentimes it's just a phone and him. And there's like a lower production level, which builds Mm -hmm. trust. He leaves in uh, mess ups sometimes, or like there's one where he's at his front door and he goes to open the front door and someone's out there awkwardly. And I don't know what the deal was with that one, but he left that in. And it's just sort of like the real life version of him. And, you know, I just was struck by that because it really got me thinking about like my videos and my podcasts and all that stuff and what that actually would look like and how it doesn't have to be perfect. And in fact, if it's less perfect, people will probably resonate it with a little bit more. Oh, I agree. Like, I mean, I, cause I just think about what I am attracted to and I'm not attracted to the whole, um, just kind of, it's not perfect video, but the video that it's, you can tell that it's just super done up. Like yeah. that, I just don't relate to that. Like I relate to the bloopers. That's why I do a lot of bloopers as well. Like that's yeah. why I love, like Ryan Sirhan. Like, yes, he has a videographer. Yes, he has a lot of very professional videography and production. But when he speaks, like he's still very real. There's something very genuine. Right. And, like I've met him in person and he's just like that in person. He's so yeah. nice. But he also does videos where like he's just funny and he just right. tells it like it is. So there is a way to do it to where I think it's just, Bottom line, if you really think about it, if you just know that person's being them and being authentic, then that's the key, right? Because you could have the crappy video and the crappy content, but if the guy, you know, is like perfect, you're not going to connect. But if you have the perfect video, but then you have like the kind of person that's just being authentic, then you're still going to connect with that person. Wholeheartedly agree. Yeah, I think it's just all that. It's the emotion, just that connection, really. Yeah. Absolutely. And we just thinking about this podcast, because I am now planning out my next batch of releases and kind of I group them. So I don't do them necessarily one on one. I just go through all of them in a month and release them. And I'm coming up to 80 episodes here that I have planned out. And what's really cool, at least as of the time of this recording, hopefully I'll be farther (laughs) along by the time this actually comes out. But, but it's like, if you think about the number of reps that I had to take to get there, it's like 80 interviews now that I've done and I'm prepping and I'm editing, getting ready to release. You know, if you go back and listen to my first five, they're terrible compared to what they are now. Same equipment, same, you know, general structure of the show, but like you go back to listen to number one through five, I'm going to like cringe. I can't do it. And like the questions are similar and that sort of thing, but I found my voice. And so the point is if you're considering putting content out, just start and start with something that's authentically you. Zach Benson, who's been a guest on the show, who owns Assistagram and they do done for you uh, Instagram growth services basically said, if you have nothing to talk about, even like you're laid off from your job and stuff about COVID, like put something positive out, like talk about a struggle, tie it back to, you know, something positive you're doing to, to finish. And, you know, people will probably start to engage with the realness of that, whether it's video or photo and start being that person to put stuff out. Cause as he says, at least you can either be a consumer or a creator and, especially since we're all at home and we've got all this time on our hands, using that as an opportunity to build something um, and in social media could be a following through authenticity is just the, it's so powerful. 
Yeah. Well, and I tell people, everyone has a story because it's funny how many people, I don't have the content or what am I supposed to talk about? I'm like, you have plenty of talk to talk about. Believe me, anything that happens throughout your day, once you like that, just like Zach was saying, you know, put a spin to it. And that's what I do with my content. Like a lot of times, you know, I just talk about something that has happened to me and how I am perceiving it and how, why I think it's a positive thing. Or, you know, just the other day I had watched a Disney plus movie. Uh, it was on butterflies and bees and pollination and flowers and how important flowers are. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's how we essentially survive. And so the next day I did a video and I said, you know what guys, like, humans aren't the only, you know, creatures on this planet. Like there's so many other species that are on the verge of extinction. Like who's to say that, you know, the planet was so stressed out that it like we're, we're on a timeout. Like mm -hmm. there's species now that are able to reproduce, to breed, yep. you know, all these flowers that were being, you know, destroyed and, and plants and trees. Now they're given, you know, essentially a second chance. Like, so who's to say that in the big picture, we're doing the earth a favor where all these natural resources that we were depleting, we're helping them survive right, right. now. And so I was talking about how I choose to look at that perspective and how to see mm -hmm. it in that way, because that helps me pretty much deal and cope with what's happening. Right. And that those are the type of things I talk about. Someone might be like, and you talked about that on LinkedIn. Yeah, I talked about that on LinkedIn. And let me tell you, every day I get people that literally message me, please keep doing your positive posts. Please keep smiling. Like, I love to see you smiling. And, it, and I am a happy person. And believe me, that I have my moments where I'm not so happy and I'll talk about them. But that's the key is that I don't just show the good either. You know, right. I try to be as real as possible. And that's why people connect with me because they're like, okay, she's just being her. Yeah. And, you know, that's, and there's billions of people in this world. So you're going to have an audience. I think people yep. worry about how many people there are following them or how many people are liking their content. It doesn't matter. It matters like who the actual people that are connecting with it. And, you know, I'm the type of person where if I can inspire or encourage one person, then I'm golden. I don't care about all the other likes in the comments. Like it's all yep. for me is just being able to connect with one person. Really well said. So before we get to the end of the show, because this is another way to play, I want to talk to you about your transition out of your sort of corporate world and into your entrepreneurial world, which is, as we talked about a little bit ago, was a tough timing moment for you. But I'd love yeah. to have you talk about why you went out on your own, you know, what opportunity you saw, how you made that transition. Talk about what you're doing today in the throes of this COVID um, shelter in place pandemic moment that we're in. Right. So it's funny because I've always kind of been someone that's like, oh, I should be out on my own. And, and I've gone to several psychics. I'm not a big person that goes to psychics, but all the ones that I've ever gone to have all said the same thing that I need to be my own boss. Like mm -hmm. they all said that. So I was like, yeah, you know what? It's about time. I'm 44. You know, like it's funny how when you put something out in the universe and the stars just align, you think, okay, I have to take this opportunity. And that's what happened everything was aligning in a way where it was almost really scary, where I thought if I don't take this leap of faith and I'm, and I'm being stupid. So I took that leap of faith and I didn't have any regrets and I don't have any regrets and I'm happy about it. But, you know, just being that with this pandemic, obviously I'm already having to shift and adapt my business model. Mm -hmm. So I'm even now learning a lot about myself and once again, learning strengths and weaknesses when it comes to having your own business, because it's not easy. I mean, for instance, I am not a good person when it comes to Excel spreadsheets or, you know, doing my expense reports or, you know, doing a business plan or even pricing packages. Like with all of that, I am awful at. Mm -hmm. 
And I find that for me, I'm kind of taking a shift right now because I'm realizing that maybe I'm not such a good business owner as I thought maybe I would be. So who's to say that this is going to take me to another direction? And I'm okay with that. Like I've come to the point where it doesn't mean I'm a failure. It doesn't mean that, you know, like, oh, she couldn't handle it. Like, no, like I have faith that this is all going to work out the way it does work out. But it's like you have to take that risk in order to figure that out. Like, I mean, I had to. And I'm very blessed, too, that I do have family that are helping me right now. My dad is helping me financially a little bit because I'm not bringing in a steady, you know, stream of income. So he's helping me. And um, granted, maybe if he wasn't, maybe I'd be in a different mindset. Who's to say that I would have already applied for a nine to five job? I don't know. You know, that's the crazy part is that once again, I feel like things are working out the way they are working out because I'm meant to be on my own because I am a very creative person. I like to think outside of the box. So I'm someone that cannot be contained. (laughs) Yeah, clearly. (laughs) Clearly. I love that. Yeah. Um, identifying that about yourself and taking that leap, you know, is a huge moment. It sounds like that was just something that you always had inside of you. And you just realized eventually like, Hey, if I'm going to do this, I got to do this and I'm going to commit to it. I just needed to have the guts to do it. Cause in my heart of all hearts, I knew that I needed to do that. Mm-hmm. Once again, unfortunately, and I know that your audience can attest to this, you know, we have to make money for the pay our bills. Like that's, you know, that's the sucky part of it all, right? Like if none of us had to worry about paying our bills, many of us would be not doing what we're doing now. We'd be following completely different paths, following our passions, doing something completely different. And I think that's the sad part of it all is that we're still confined by the fact that we still have to survive by making money. That's never going to not be that way, but I'm hoping that maybe even with this pandemic, it's going to take a shift in the sense where there's so many people that are having to think outside of the box and maybe do side hustles or do hobbies of theirs and maybe take those hobbies and use those for income, you know? Mm -hmm. So maybe this will um, breed a lot of entrepreneurs as well. I mean, I believe it's going to. Yep. Sure. I think people are starting to really have to think about, you know, other ways to, you know, bring in income. Yeah. And before we wrap up here, I want to talk about real quick mindset. Cause one thing that's really clear with you is you have a, an unbelievable mindset that you've really refined and honed over a variety of experiences and time and all of that. Um, but really what it is, is like one thing you said earlier is you choose to see things a certain way and whether, you know, you go out on your own and the economy tanks tanks, or, you know, you have a a job opportunity that doesn't go your way or whatever that situation is like the way that you choose to respond to it is a hundred percent up to you and to react to stuff in a way. I just want uh, to ask you real quick, how have you developed that? And, and then how do you uh, help others or how do you recommend others go about developing something similar for themselves? Um, So it, was a long journey to get to this mindset because in college I did suffer from severe depression to the point where I attempted suicide. Uh, So I obviously have been in a very dark place and in a place where I thought there was, you know, nothing else to live for. Uh, So being that I've been in such a dark place, I know I never want to go back there ever again. It's an awful place to be in. (laughs) So I have made it a point to have that mindset because you can easily go down a rabbit hole. I mean, especially now, you know, there are so many people can easily go down a dark path with everything happening. 
And I realized that, you know, being a mother and I have two kids and, you know, it's different. At the time when I was in college and I was 21, you know, I was pretty selfish in the sense of like, nobody would miss me and who would care, you know, and all that stuff. Now it's different. I get it. So that's why I make it a point to look at like, a lot of us are very blessed. We might not think we are, but if you really think about, especially here in the States, you know, I wake up and I do have big kids. I still have my health. I mean, I get to, I can do every single day and that helps a lot, but that's something that I'm mindful of, you know, because I have my moments. I have to do that. Turn it is, is not pretty. So that's kind of uh, why for me, it's so, it's so imperative that I look at and choose to see the positive and the good in things. Well, thank you for sharing that. I appreciate it. Um, before we, we get to that, I just want to say thank you for being on the show today. Um, and I do want to respect the rest of your afternoon and, uh, and, and then transition us over to the focus five, which is the same five questions I ask every guest on every show. Okay. Are you ready? I guess so. <laughs> First question is what book have you gifted most often? Ooh, you know what? I think I'm a horrible human being because I don't think I've ever, I don't know if I've gifted anyone a book. Oh no. Oh, oh no. <laughs> I've been gifted books. Dude, you know what? I'm a horrible person. It's probably a kid's book. I probably have gifted like a kid's book. Oh gosh, that's horrible. Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. Um, if you were to give someone a book, what would you recommend? Uh, that's a really another good question. Gosh, and I've been reading so many books lately too. Um, actually, the book that I've been recommending the most lately is Raise Your Game by my friend Alan Stein Jr., who was a performance, basketball performance coach. And mm -hmm. now he's a keynote speaker and he talks about how all those skills on the basketball court can apply in you know business, in your life, personal life, leadership, everything. And, and it's actually, it's really good. A lot of people would think like, oh, what does that have to do with my life? But for someone like me, it really resonated. And if anything, it was probably a, somewhat of a catalyst for me starting my own business was reading that book. Love it. Yeah. If you could get an hour of somebody's time past or present live or dead and ask as many questions as you wanted, who would that person be and why? Uh, Stephen Hawking for sure. Mm. My big crush. Um, I grew up uh, with my dad is a big nerd and it loves physics. And so I grew up learning about black holes and, um, you know, just the universe and the comets. And I, I, I was just such an, an, you know, just kind of like an astronomy nerd as a kid as well. And I just was obsessed with Stephen Hawking. And so I would ask him so many questions about the universe. What is one thing that you believe that most people would disagree with you on? Ooh, gosh. So that's most people would disagree with me. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, maybe it is uh, the fact that I am so transparent and honest and real. I think a lot of people actually disagree on the fact that I am so open with that on my social media with strangers. Uh, I think a lot of, yeah, I think a lot of people disagree with me on that one. <laughs> Give us a glimpse of your morning routine. How do you start your day? Uh, 
so I'm not a morning person. I'm not one of those people that gets up and, and meditates and works out. Uh, if anything, like I do kind of like to sleep in a little bit. I grab my coffee. I do sit in my living room. I have been doing that lately. I sit in my living room. I put on my classical music. I love classical music. Bach is my favorite. And I just sit. And I guess that is kind of a meditation, if you will, if you think about it. I just sit there and listen to the music, just drink my coffee and just, and yeah, just, I guess, yeah, it's a form of meditation. So that's how I would start it. And then go ahead and go out by my day with whatever I have to do, you know, with my job or my business. Perfect. And uh, what is the best place that we can connect with you online? LinkedIn, for sure. <laughs> That's kind of where I'm, but I'm on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram. Um, I mean, people can email me. I don't have a website yet because I just, once again, I'm still trying to figure out what my whole business model is. So absolutely. So yeah, that's, those would be the best platforms. Well, recall this has been awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. I'll link to all your social profiles down in the show notes and people can see, uh, what a shining example of content creation you are on all the platforms. And, um, thank you for sharing your story, some of the great insights and, um, being such a great guest today. I really appreciate you taking the time. Thank you very much. I love meeting new people and talking to new people. So it's always fun. And that's a wrap for today, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, hopefully you learned something from Raquel. And if you want to connect with her on LinkedIn or any of her other social platforms, the show notes is the place to do that. Uh, she's a great example of how to get out there and build a personal brand out on some social platforms. So go follow her for some inspiration as well as some tips and strategies. And if you want to connect with me personally, I'm also on social, but I have my Calendly link down in the show notes so you can book a time on my calendar and we can connect one-on-one -on -one and get to know each other just a little bit better. So really been enjoying those calls. Looking forward to a lot more. Uh, thanks in advance for taking the time. And without any further ado, I'm just going to sign it off for today. So this is Hans Strazina, host of Another Way to Play. And remember to make every chapter better than the last. Thanks for joining in for this episode of Another Way to Play, making the next chapter of your life better than your last. For more insights and inspiration to help you make that personal leap, be sure to engage with Hans on social media and get your questions answered right here on the show. Reach out to Hans at ChiefSNAH on Instagram, and we'll catch you on the next episode of Another Way to Play.